Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1838. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Walnut Creek, California, with a very special guest by the name of Joe Otati. Hey, Joe, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Ready to rock and roll. All right, we'll have a little bit of fun here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Joe? Well, something that people don't know about me, uh, totally unrelated to cars, when I was a little kid, like 10, 12, I self-taught myself bass guitar. I actually got pretty good at it. And um, some adult bands actually started wanting me, wanting me to like play with them. So I actually played in some adult bands, kind of like cover bands for, you know, like yeah. classic rock stuff. When I turned 16, I got un- uninterested in it because, you know, I got keys and, you know, a license and, <laughs> and it started, started to go crazy with cars. I still have my bass, but it's dusty now. Yeah, I, I grew up playing guitar. In fact, I taught guitar for years, and I do still have a bunch of cool guitars, but I don't play them as much as I should. And every time I have a guest on that plays or has played, I always think, you know, I need to pick that up a little more often and play it a little more often. Now, the bass was not my forte. I just p- played the regular uh, six-string electric guitar and acoustic guitar, but uh, certainly loved it, played in a little band in high school and had fun with that. But uh, music is a great Great thing for young people, for sure. But that's cool that you were self-taught because I had to take, well, I didn't have to, but I took music lessons from a classic teacher who taught scales and all that kind of stuff. And at the time, I just hated it. I went, I just want to learn how to play a song. <laughs> and he made me go mm-hmm. through that process. I remember my mom would put a little timer every day, 30 minutes. You got to practice 30 minutes. But I actually learned to love it, and uh, and it was quite fun. And when I taught guitar, it was to young people, and that was enjoyable, too. So, you know, I could read music and write music, and a lot of that's disappeared from my brain. Every once in a while, I can see something and kind of, oh, I know what that is. I go, where did that come from? <laughs> Somewhere back in the recesses. Very cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about cars today and that obsession you have. Joe Otati is the co-founder of Vault Auto Club, where he's in charge of events and rally planning. It's an automotive lifestyle and event business based in Northern California that he started with two of his friends in early 2020. One of them is a past guest here on Cars Yeah by the name of Robert Epley. While earning his bachelor's degree and master's in business management, Joe founded a specialty restoration and sales business he called Distinguished Auto Group. His business included high-end detailing and ground-up restorations with a focus on BMW and Mercedes vehicles. While his passion lies with these marks, he's also known to dabble in the occasional Range Rover Classic and other brands. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with this great guest, but first I want to say thank you to our sponsor, so give him a little love, give them a little attention, and we'll be right back. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors, including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt, limited edition velour mats, and the Ultimat 
for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your Covercraft dash mat is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving a hazard. Covercraft's dash mat design center is located in Arizona, where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Joe, we are back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner and talk a little bit about this new project that you and your buddies have started, Vault Auto Club. What caused you to venture into this and take us on a journey on what this is all about, what it means to you, and where you want to take it into the future? Yeah, of course. I mean, Vault Auto Club is an automotive lifestyle events business, um, as you were saying. It originally started because, you know, with the whole situation that was happening in 2020, there was nothing going on. And we felt that we wanted to kind of reignite the car passion a little bit in, in our area. So we kind of went for it. Our primary mission is to provide people in the community with an anti-snob yet uh, relatively high class automotive experience all year round. As you were saying, I'm in charge of the events and rally planning. And today we're currently ramping up things for the summer and are currently in the process of planning for some smaller events and experiences uh, during Car Week of 2021 in Monterey to get our feet wet in that space. So really, this was a passion project that turned into a a reality for us um, over the year. It's cool. So tell us a little bit about your end here. You're talking about events and rally planning. What's your vision for what some of these events look like? Yeah, well, rallying is my favorite. Backroads driving is, is something I'm extremely passionate about. I'm a big proponent of not needing to always be at a track to enjoy your car. So, uh, you know, my whole life I've grown up around these back roads. So I just kind of wanted to share them with people. So in terms of rallies, it's literally just three, four or 500 miles of back roads that we can enjoy together. And in terms of the events, the events can range from gigantic 2000 people, multi-vendor display, 
experiences, uh, more of like kind of a festival, so to speak, of, of cars. Mm-hmm. And those are, you know, those are really, really fun. And those range from featuring, uh, you know, JDM stuff to, to like Italian stuff and other situations. Our smaller events feature local businesses. And we have about, you know, 50 to 60 different cars at each of those. And, and those are really about generating a community and, and kind of growing that, that base and becoming friends with the people who go to these events. Um, and I'm happy to say after the first year of, of working with them, I've gained so many different friends in, in our area just from these tiny events that I'm able to really get intimate with the cars and, and really have conversations with everybody. Now, Joe, you're a young guy. May I ask how old you are? Uh, yeah, I'm 24. 24. Okay. So when I think about young people getting into the car arena, we see this trend happening specifically with young people with cars from the 80s and 90s becoming more and more prevalent. They're showing up at car shows. You think about Radwood and those events where that genre of people, when when you're young, you're in your teens or even your 20s now, cars that were important to you back when you were just starting to drive, which wasn't that long ago at the, the age you're at, versus an old guy like me that tends to like cars from the 50s and 60s and Maybe the 70s, some of the cars in the 70s, some were, were not so. But there's also a whole malaise group. I'm part of a malaise uh, group on Facebook where they love cars from that era, which is a fun group. Do your events typically include all different kinds of cars or do you have different events for different kinds of mark? You mentioned Italian cars and so forth. I know you're a guy who loves German mark cars. Yeah. So so actually, one of the things that our larger events are known for is the extreme diversity um, that we bring out. So one thing that the Bay Area is known for is just their extreme diversity of cars. So so you'll see a, a Pagani Huayra right next to a you know a CRX SI or something. There's the two different, very different vehicles. Exactly, and that's what we love. We love that stuff. We love having super hyper cars that you know, one ever sees parked to a car you see you know 18 times a day. Fashion of us. A small, the smaller events are geared towards specific marks. So we just had one last weekend that was. <laughs> themed with uh, British in mind. So we had a lot of Range Rovers, a lot of Aston Martins, all that stuff. Yeah. So we tried to get you know, both both sides. Let's go back in time a little bit for you. You talked about putting your base down and grabbing the car keys and going for a ride. When you first started getting, when you got your license, started getting into cars, what are the, the cars that really excited you? And typically for young people, you know, when we're young, we can't afford the dream cars, but we can certainly dream about them. Were there, were there cars that you aspired to, to have in your garage one day? Yeah, I mean, so so I might have like a different story than a lot of younger people that are my age. Because my dad is is a huge car nut as well, and was into older BMWs and older Mercedes my whole life. So what I lusted after were E twenty eight M fives and E thirty four M fives, and all the while you know my friends were lusting after the newest Ferrari four five eight or whatever was out at that time. Yeah. So. Whenever I would show up to a car show with my dad in like a box with wheels and I would have to ex- explain to them like this engine is so special, the individual throttle bodies, it's hand built, all this stuff. They just didn't get it. And I yeah. didn't understand why they didn't get it. So I really, really wanted an E28 M5 when I was younger. The first car I bought myself when I was 16 was an E30, uh, primarily because I couldn't afford that E28. Uh, you know, fast forward however many years, 10 years, whatever. Um, now I do have one and it's like a dream come true. It's the best thing ever. A big part of this is education. And that's the great thing about cars. And it's a great thing about what you guys are doing at Vault is, and by the way, listeners, Vault is V-A-L-T, Vault Auto Club. They have a little bit of different spelling of that, but is that teaching people about cars, and that's what's great about car shows is when you go and you see something that maybe you 
aren't attracted to, but if you go up to the person and talk with them a little bit and learn a little bit, like you would help educate people who go, why are you bringing that car to this show? Uh, then you gain an appreciation for it. And I know your dad has pretty unique wagon, right? A BMW wagon? Yeah, yeah. So that was his holy grail car. I don't. He bought it probably like probably a little bit over 10 years ago. Um, it's an E34, so it's a second generation M5. Uh, it's an M5 wagon. Mm. Um, it is finished in a color called Madeira Schwartz, which translates to grape black. It's like a very, very dark purple. And it's uh, one of 891 uh, M5 wagons created uh, and one of four in the color. Um, so it is definitely a very unique car. It's a unicorn. Yeah, exactly. And it's something he's always wanted. Well, that's very cool. I love those things. I'll never forget the first time I drove an M5. And I, I like smaller cars, but I had a friend who really wanted one and he drove it and tossed me the keys and I couldn't believe it. It's like the power just kept coming and coming and coming. It's like, holy cow, this thing is a monster. It's a beast. Super fun. But I love the touring cars, the wagons, and the fact that your dad has that. I would assume that is something that's never going to leave his garage. Yeah, there's always been like questions about selling, but you no. know, he gets sugar shot. There's no way that's leaving. So no, at least it'll if he decides to get rid of it, it's got to go to you. I mean, that's gotta, yeah, hopefully you got to be. Help, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to be the next caretaker for that. Very cool. Well, you know, I found that people that are successful in life have. Others who are mentors who have helped them that they're driving, what I call their driving inspirations. Are there some people or is there a person that's been real inf influential in your life to help you be successful? Yeah, definitely. There, there have been two people that really stand out in my life. One, of course, is, is my dad. He got me into the specific car that I like. You know, I could look at a McLaren parked next to a W123 diesel sedan Mercedes and, and I would pick the Mercedes all day. Um, you know, he taught me that, you know, uh, to love a car's flaws and to appreciate old technology and, <laughs> nice. and the analog sensations that people feel and stuff. But another person that I kind of met just kind of randomly um, in the car community, his name is Chow. Um, he taught me that, you know, at my age, especially, it's okay to take risks. Something that's really helped Vault and, and myself throughout 2020 was being able to take risks and doing things that other people were not doing at the time. And I really, really thank him for those those stories and those lessons uh, to be able to kind of go into it without being fully sure that it's, you know, the right thing. Because, you know, when you fail, you're, you're, you're learning and you're adjusting. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute here. But I, it's a great thing. I'll tell you, your generation is living in an, an incredibly exce exceptional time for opportunity. It just blows me away. I look at what we have now in the in our hands of technology and if i had that when i was 2024 20, oh my gosh hard to even imagine uh, back in the day if you were going to advise other young people to get involved in the car industry if they don't really know what to do or where to do but they know they kind of like cars what kind of advice would you give them honestly i would say go to these events doesn't have to be vault events but go to the events go to the organizers and start asking questions. Ask them why they're hosting the show. Why specifically this kind of show? Or, you know, can I, they're always looking for volunteers. Can I volunteer to see the, like, you know, the back end of things? If you particularly have a passion about a specific brand or niche of cars, you know, reach out to some of the PR people. I mean, like, you'd be surprised. Some of them are like actually wanting to chat with you and wanting to grow the next generation. I would just say go for it. You know, you're going to get a lot of no's, but you know, one person is going to say yes and it's going to change your life. Well, 
Sure. And the thing I've learned in my life of loving cars, and especially in the last seven years doing this podcast, is car people love to share. It's a very unique niche of fascination in things, and that is automobiles, that car people love to share their cars with pretty much everybody. And all you have to do is walk up and ask and and talk to them and then listen. It's it's a pretty cool industry that we're all in. Let's take a short break. Thank our sponsors. We come back. I'm going to dive into what I alluded to a minute ago. And that is what I like to call a challenge question. Some big challenge you faced in your life and how you've overcome it. So keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles Cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. So, Joe, let's talk about that challenge, that obstacle, even a big failure. And the great thing about these things in life, while they are pretty painful at the time, they teach us really valuable lessons to take forward that we can share with others and use in the future so we don't step in those traps. So let's talk about one of those that you face so far. Again, I mentioned you're still a young guy. There's a lot to overcome in life, but no doubt maybe you've uh, bumped up against a few guardrails here and there. So if you take us on a little bit of a bumpy ride. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like you were saying, I'm imagining that I'm going to have a lot more bumpy rides in the future. But you know, this year has been has been crazy for for me. I mean, starting in a, an event business uh, during coronavirus was ridiculous. I mean, no one was doing anything. I have friends who are very very deep in this community in the event space in the automotive industry, and and they weren't doing anything. And I really just used what 
some of my mentors gave me and kind of just went for it. Mm-hmm. It was scary. We had to consult a million different doctors and city members and all of these different things to get things to work, but it worked. It was such a bumpy, it was so bumpy. Like I wouldn't want to want to do it again. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, was, it was rough, but you know, I, I'm super proud of it. I still feel like uh, we were a huge part of the reason, at least in the Bay Area and in California, uh, the car community started to reignite itself a little bit in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't totally out of the water yet, but everyone was being safe and practicing social distancing and putting their masks on. And I was really, really proud to see the community kind of coming together, wanting to have these events, but being safe at the same time. How would you describe the Bay Area car culture? What, what What's it like there? I would describe it as very, very similar to L.A., but much more hidden. More hidden? Yeah, more hidden. hidden. So so in LA, it seems in LA that there, there's a lot of cars and coffees and, and, and people drive their cars a lot. Yep. Um, whenever whenever I'm there, I'm always seeing like, you know, I see the crazy, like a Gullwing driving down one on Malibu <laughs> or something. In the Bay Area, it's, it's different. Those cars exist here, but they're only driven for extremely special occasions. Mm. For some reason, it's not like a Sunday drive thing. It's more of like, a, I take this car out only during Monterey Car Week. And that's what we're trying to bring out a little bit more. And we've been relatively successful. You know, I mean, like, we have friends with M1s and F40s who, who never, ever drive them. And they're finally starting to decide, hey, you know, well, let's bring it to a vault meet. And so we're trying to bring that community out because we know it's there. They just don't drive their cars enough. And that's what our mission is, to get people to get out more. You know, it's an awesome mission. It, there's a trap that collectors get into, and I'm, I've fallen into this from time to time with the car I have now, is you want to preserve these things so much that you don't enjoy them. And I just read a great interview with Cam Ingram from Road Scholars. He and his dad have been guests on the show, and they have an amazing collection of Porsches. And uh, it was in the new Linkage magazine, which is a, a great publication. And he, he mentioned something that ties into what you just said when they had that horrible explosion in one of their storage facilities a gas explosion in a building next door it actually killed i think one or two people and it blew up their building and the roof caved in on all these priceless cars and and he said it changed their whole family's focus on their automobiles and it helped them realize that life is, and COVID has done this, life is not forever. You never know when it could end. You never know when things might change and you have to sell your cars. Maybe it's a financial crisis you go through or something. And they've said, we've decided to start using our cars. And instead of just preserving them to look at them and have them be shiny, to create experiences with them. And I can say being an old guy who's been through this, I've sold so many cars, collector cars, and watched them drive away and looked at my wife and said, wow, I saved that car for that guy. Why did I do that? Why didn't I drive it more? And I love to hear that you're trying to create events that more people can come to, they're inclusive, and that people can come and enjoy and be a part of this thing and use their vehicles. It's a really, really important lesson that, someone like me being older can teach younger people is don't save them for the next guy. It doesn't mean you're not careful with them and you don't take care of them, but get out and enjoy them because life and tomorrow is not guaranteed. You just don't know. And you'll go through life preserving these things and then realize I should have had more fun. It's, it's a really important lesson. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and that's what I always tell people. I mean, why why wait? You bought a car with your hard-earned money. You should be able to enjoy it as much as you want. And just imagine the quality of life someone 
would receive if they took their car week car out more than just one time a year. Just that that sense of full elation on a road in this car that you've worked so hard for and it's your baby and just taking it out. It just seems like it's a no-brainer to me and I don't understand why people, you know, save that for just one day a year. I mean, it just, you know, that's that's the goal. Yeah, well, I think it's great. And if there were more great events like what you are doing there with the vault, uh, those of us who tend to maybe not want to take our cars out as much would because there's more reasons too. And also to go have fun and to share and be around people. And that's the other part I've learned about cars and people is that the cars are really just the catalyst that bring the people together. Uh, it's really about the people and the people you meet. And you never know when you meet somebody at an event who that person will become in your life. Could become a big key player. You just don't know. It's great. And you got all these people you can learn from. So if you see a car you never dreamed you would maybe want, you might go, maybe I would do want that car. Let me talk to that guy or that gal and learn more about it. So I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. When you look ahead to your bucket list, let's say in life, and I'm not going to go too far down the road because it's just too far to look, but let's say the next three to five years, what's on your bucket list? Well, the next three to five years, in terms of Vault, I really want Vault to be a commonplace name in the minds of car enthusiasts, not just in California, but all across the country. The primary goal with Vault is to be somewhat of a traveling Pebble Beach. We want that level of class, but also want to feel approachable at the same time. Mm -hmm. I really, really want in the next three to five years to be a household name and, and to get you know to a community, a large community together, uh, you know, again. Well, I think you can certainly do it for sure. And the fact that you can now reach out to people so easily and let people know you exist and you're there and and so forth uh, is certainly a great way to do it using today's technology. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. You've talked about your dad's wagon and the first car you bought. Is there a real special vehicle in your life that really stands out? And if so, tell me a little bit about that. Share a memory. Yeah, definitely. Uh, something that definitely stands out. I had a, a French uh, specification uh, Mercedes 300 TD wagon, so a 1983 uh, Mercedes diesel wagon, the typical, you know, you think of a wagon and that's what it is. I bought it in uh, northern Washington, basically on the border of Canada, I think in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, completely, completely ratted out. It was, everything was broken. The paint was gone. The interior was destroyed. Everything was ruined. Drove it home that day. Was the worst drive ever. Nothing worked. You know, when, even, even the wipers didn't work. It was pouring rain. I couldn't see anything. Um, but we got it home and over a process of about two to three years, uh, I fully restored it, and, and it was like you know it was my baby for for a solid two or three years. You know, I took it to all the shows, took it to all the events, I took it on drives. Um, I vividly remember a time when I was a sophomore in college, driving on Highway One, super super late at night, just on a drive with all my windows down, and you know, all I could, it was just me in the car, and I could hear the, the ocean, the diesel clattering, the smells. Everything was just so vivid, and I felt so good in that car, and it was just such good, such a good experience. And then later, the, the very like you know ending months of, of my time with that car, uh, it was actually invited to be displayed uh, at Car Week at a concourse among some of the nicest Mercedes wagons in the in the entire world. So I was super honored about that, and you know it felt right at home. Wow. Um, you know later I later ended up selling that car just because I I just I felt like my time was finished with it and I wanted to give it to someone else. But it was a huge honor, and it was it was a car that like really taught me a lot about attention to detail. Those cars are so cool. Are you familiar with Mercedes Motoring, J.G. Francis? Yeah, so that those are the wagons that I was displayed next to. 
Okay. Yeah. The, so the Italian one, you know, if, if you if you know the story of of the green wagon that was found in like an abandoned building in Italy with like three thousand miles on it. I know it very intimately. In fact, I'll send you a picture of me sitting in the back of that vehicle. No, please. Yeah. So that was par- I was parked right next to that in 2019. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, I know all about that car. A good friend of mine's involved in that car. He's had many cars from JG. Yeah, another guy is Roy Spencer, Mercedes Heritage. Are you familiar with Roy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I have a friend who's bought bought a few cars from him. I mean, those guys have some pretty cool uh, niche markets that they're doing. And I got to spend a day at JG's place down in California. He's now up north of me on Orcas Island uh, operating out of there, which is interesting that he's chosen to go up there. I know he wanted, yeah. he wanted to kind of get out of LA and uh, go somewhere uh, different to raise his, his child. Those old cars are just rock solid. Just they're like vaults and they're so cool. And I'm so glad to see them kind of coming back of age right now. If you could believe it, my car had 276,000 miles. Wow. And it, I mean, like, of course it was restored. There were no, there was no wind noise. There were no creeks. Yeah. Stuff that you really can't avoid even after a restoration, unless you're completely not unbolting it. But that car was just so solid and so awesome. And then I, I have a huge affinity for Mercedes now. I'm like, I'm always trying to find the next tank to, to drive around. I would imagine there's, you know, as JG said and Roy, that there, these cars are out there and a lot of them are in estates that were cars in, in wealthy families that maybe weren't driven a whole lot. Some of them were workhorses, but uh, there's still lots of those. They were built. So many were built. There's a lot of them available. So yeah, uh, definitely. They're, they're wonderful cars. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Joe. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? And more importantly, why? Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. This is this question is super tough. Good. <laughs> it forced me to dive deep into myself. And, you know, everyone it. probably wants to tell you that they're like McLaren F1s or something. But I really look at myself. Uh, I derive, you know, three traits. One, I'm quiet and introspective relatively. Two, uh, I can be intense when necessary, but only when necessary. And three, uh, efficiency is my bread and butter. Okay. So I've come to the conclusion that I would be a W124 of some kind. So the generation after that Mercedes I was just talking about, a Mercedes 500E from the, the early 90s, wow. just so I feel special, you know, helped being built by Porsche. Yep. Um, I'm v- very under the radar with characteristics that might surprise you, you know, quiet, comfortable, reliable, solid, nothing crazy. I don't rev to 9,000 RPM, but I do move well. And I'm surprisingly agile if necessary. <laughs> you thought this through. I did you know, for like a week because um, well, I couldn't figure it out. But yeah, that's what I've come to the conclusion. After driving so many of them, I think that's what I would be. Oh, they're killer. Uh, they're just killer. I have a friend that just found an incredibly low mileage one. I've got another buddy that has one. I'll tell you, when those cars were first coming out, I'd heard about them. And I was at the Porsche factory and we were picking up actually a car there and I was giving a tour and we walked by this one building and I kind of looked in the window and I see all these Mercedes in there. And I looked at the guy and I said, what's in there? And he goes, I can't take you in there. And I said, but what's in there? And he kind of smiled a little bit and he goes, well, and I said, that's the 500 E, right? He goes, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) very, very cool cars. I wanted one of those so bad when they came out. Yeah. They're, they're kind of, well, they've come back as a collector car. I think they've always kind of been a little bit one, but now you're starting to see nice versions. I know my, my buddy gave a pretty penny for the one that he found, but it was really low mileage. It's a perfect car. So it's kind of stuff he likes to buy. I always tease him and say, you need to drive your stuff more, dude. It's just stuff sitting around is no good, but that goes back to our conversation before. 
How are some ways you like to give back to others in the automotive sector, Joe? Yeah, so so Vault uh, originally started life as a charity car show at my college uh, that we called um, St. Mary's Cars and Coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we partnered with the Red Cross and took donations uh, to purchase kind of like food packages for people overseas. Nice. Um, so right now we're in the process of getting that revamped whenever St. Mary's allows uh, people back on campus because mm-hmm. right now it's closed from COVID. Um, we're going to get that, that, that uh, event started up again. Uh, which is really, really fun. And on top of that, just in terms of like, uh, you know, young automotive enthusiasts that want to get into the business, we have a blog on our website that is open to anyone who wants to, to write something. You know, all they have to do is send us an email and say they're interested in doing something. Um, you know, whether they're, you know, just kind of starting or, or really kind of trying to get their feet wet in the automotive journalism space. Yeah. Uh, we want to give everyone a chance to be heard. Oh, that's um, awesome. So, you know, if anyone's listening to this and wants to, you know, write a piece and, and is, is new to the new to the market, please send us a note. Well, there's an open garage door, listeners. If you've always kind of wanted to venture into the world here, here's your chance uh, to put something out there, see what happens, see how it comes back. So uh, check it out. I'll put a link to that on Joe's Cars Yeah show notes page. How about reading and great books? Is there one you'd like to share? Yeah. So I read, I've read this book probably 30 to 40 different times. Wow. Uh, you know, um, it's called, it's, it's a small book, Speed Secrets by Ross Bentley. Oh, I'm yeah. sure you've been recommended that before, but I've learned so much about driving dynamics and, and the physics behind, you know, a moving vehicle um, to the point of, I could feel the things I've learned happening under me. And, and so I can't recommend it enough. If you want to go on a track, if you want to do an autocross, it's reading that you, it's a must read before because um, it, it pairs you so well. Oh, it really is. It's an awesome book. When I first started racing vintage cars, a friend of mine gave me a copy of that book and it was very, very helpful. Ross lives uh, very near me here. He's been a guest on Cars Yeah. He was a very, very early guest. In fact, he called me a, a couple of years later and said, hey, I want to start a podcast. So I kind of helped him walk through what you need to do. And he now has a weekly podcast. You can also sign up if you're into lots of driving, whether it's racing or uh, driver's days. Uh, you can sign up at Speed Secrets and receive his emails Uh Awesome guy. Incredible book. Incredible book. Yeah. Uh, everybody needs that if you like to drive fast in any occasion. So Speed Secrets by Ross Bentley. That's one of those Bible books for car people. One more short break and we come back. We're going to go on the ultimate drive or in your case rally. So we'll be right back. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. So we're going to go on the ultimate drive, ultimate event rally, whatever you want to call it for you today, Joe. What does it look like, meaning what's the vehicle, who you're going to be with, could be somebody living or deceased, and uh, who's doing the driving and what are you going to be talking about? So what's this ultimate ride look like for you? Yeah, so I would be in a 300 SL Roadster. It would be in dark gray over red leather with uh, the Euro spec lights. So not the circles, but the kind of sad looking ovals. Yeah. 
I just love that car. Everything about it, the way it moves is awesome. So I would be in that car. I would be driving that car. And I don't know if I would be with anyone in particular. When I go on drives, it's very therapeutic and almost uh, kind of like a like a, like a therapy session for me in yeah, such a way. Yeah. So I think it'd just be me in the car. There'd be no talking. There'd be no music. It'd just be the engine, the feedback, and just the wind noise. Um, I care deeply about those details. Of all the people I've talked to that do a lot of rallies and drives, the 300 SL, whether it's the Roadster or the Gullwing, is the car to have. And when I've been able to drive those cars, I was amazed at how modern they felt considering how old. Because you get in most vintage cars and they're kind of a letdown, especially because we're so dumbed down by the incredible cars we have today. I mean, you can jump in a, you know, I don't know if it's a GTI or you jump in a Honda or any of these things. I mean, they drive so well. They do everything so well. And you get in an old car and you go, ugh, this thing's not so cool. But that one, and I prefer the Roadster over the Gullwing, quite personally. Uh, I think it's just cooler. Um, I know the gold wings, everyone's rolling their eyes right now, but uh, I think that would be cool. Obviously, with the Rudge knockoffs, too. Yeah, of course. You know, you got to go all the way if we're going to go, if we're going to go SL. Yeah. Ah, that sounds like a very nice drive. Yeah. Now, where would you be? Do you have a a road you'd like to be on? Yeah, definitely. Um, it would be a closed off uh, Carmel Valley Road on a warm summer evening. Okay, maybe go up Laurel's grade, up and over, down to the yeah, track? Yeah, all the way, yeah, basically once Carmel Valley starts, basically right in, uh, as south as possible, we'd go all the way down that road and then would finish up at Laurel's grade. Sounds like fun, a very nice drive, and you've taken us on a nice drive today, Joe. Before I let you go, could you share a parting uh, quote, words of wisdom, a little bit of advice? Yeah, definitely. So, in my mind, there is no time to think when starting up a passion-based business. Um, if you think too much and too long, someone else will have already started that same thing, and you're going to have all this competition, and you're going to feel bogged down. So if you're passionate enough to do something, just, just do it. Simple as that. You know, Risk is okay, and it's necessary for improvement. Don't get bogged down by overanalyzing every facet of the business. Things will have a tendency to work themselves out over time. So if you keep on you know, keeping on, it'll work out. Yep. They always say, when's the best time to plant a tree? Last year, <laughs> decade ago, <laughs> yesterday, today, do it now. And you're absolutely right. When I look at what I've been doing for the last seven years, this was a really bizarre, weird thing for me to get into so far out of my comfort zone and norm. And I remember I dwelled and dwelled on it. My son gave me the idea, didn't even know what a podcast was. And my wife looked at me one day and she goes, would you just start? And, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I did. I literally launched this website a week before I'd recorded my first show and I was desperately trying to find somebody. And here we sit, 1,838 people later, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, hopefully inspiring others out there as well, which no doubt you've done today, Joe. What's the best way for people to learn more about Vault Auto Club? Yeah, so we have a website. Uh, it's either www.vaultautoclub.com and Vault spelled V A L T. Um, you could join our mailing list, uh, which is where you'll be invited to, you know, member only events, which is those small lot events and, and, you know, experiences and rallies that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, we have an Instagram, which is also at Vault Auto Club, B-A-L-T. Um, that's where we post the most, you know, we don't have a Twitter or anything like that. So if you're interested in looking at media, the Instagram is the best way to do that. Absolutely. I'll put links to all of these. I encourage you to sign up, join them. Again, that kind offer to submit some writing, if that's something you want to do, is open to you as well. So check them out, vault, V-A-L-T, autoclub.com. Definitely they are going places and hopefully 
we can all join them when you're we're in your areas and as you start to expand uh, in our own areas. Very cool. Everything is on Joe's show notes page. And I want to do a shout out to your co-founder, Robert Epley, for introducing me to Joe. Uh, if you missed my talk with him, you can go back and find it on the Car Show website or any mobile podcast app. Joe, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and sharing your experiences. Really proud of what you guys are doing. Just keep it up until you and I talk again. I'll see you, hopefully at a vault event down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.